Hello there and welcome to episode 58 of the Fantasy Football Podcast on World Football Index. I'm Neil Shalat and as ever on a Friday I'm delighted to say that I have been joined by Ben Griffiths. How are you Ben? I'm doing fine, you know, I'm doing fine. Just about fine. Uh, as fine as I can the... <laughs> be with the Kane saga. <laughs> yes, after all of that but of course uh, we will not at all be mentioning any of that because that is way too much. too much crazy stuff going on in the transfer window especially in the premier league between kane and kaiseido and god knows what so instead we will be quickly talking about all the matches from the week uh some interesting transfers uh and some predictions for the new seasons getting underway and again some interesting predictions so not something boring like manchester city winning the premier league cuz yeah we all know that so that's basically the agenda for today As always we'll start with the matches that have happened so let's get into that after this Right, uh, let's start with the World Cup which is drawing to a close. I think we're about 9 days away uh, from the final at the time of recording. So not a lot of time left and we're halfway through the quarter final stage. We had a couple matches earlier today. Spain beating Netherlands 2-1 uh, in extra time ultimately to advance to their first ever World Cup semi-final and Japan getting knocked out by Sweden uh, 2-1 as well there. to Sweden through to the semi final uh and so it'll be obviously Spain versus Sweden and we'll know the other semi final after tomorrow's matches which are Australia against France and England against Colombia it's been great fun so far um some very exciting teams Japan certainly chief among them but sadly they have been knocked out now but of course we've got Colombia still uh, impressing really really thoroughly and to be interesting to, to see how they come up against an England side who have looked very good in parts and not very good at other times and obviously will now be without Lauren James who's suspended after that red card against Nigeria so that'll definitely be interesting and yeah should should be a good uh, last few matches in the world cup so we we'll, we'll check back in later well let's now drop by to the UEFA qualifiers which has been absolutely fantastic over the last week last week we had the big big story of uh, Taksvik qualifying for a european group stage proper becoming the first faroe side to do so in history uh, because they got the better of swedish champions abeko hecken on penalties after a 3-3 draw including a couple goals in extra time for both sides uh, so we went to penalties and it was Klaxvik who emerged victorious so with that they will at least get a spot in the Europa Conference League but that is if they lose their next two ties and as things stand they're not even going to lose the next tie because having beaten the champions of Hungary and Ferencváros in the first round the champions of Sweden Hecken in the second round they are currently up against the champions of Norway in the third round it's 2-1 from the first leg at home against Molde and I have to give a shout out to Arne Fredriksberg i mean you talk about a clutch finisher 
this guy is it. He scored braces in each of these ties. Um, he scored in uh, against uh, Hicken twice and was basically the cause for the final goal, the own goal. He scored twice against Ferencvaros in the second leg, and he scored both goals against Molde in the first leg. I mean, just look at those finishes. The first one was sort of so I think it was a set piece or something, and then he picks up like a you know half clearance on the edge of the box on the right side. And then he shapes to cross from his left foot, so like a curling cross to the far post. But then he sneakily shoots and puts it in the near post. And the keeper's caught off guard. And that's an equalizer. And then later on, I think around the 86th minute, he runs like full sprints onto through ball towards the right side. It's absolutely at full tilt, you know, towards the edge of the box. And then absolutely smashes a finish into the near side top corner. Keeper can barely move before the ball's gone past him. Uh, and with that, Kafix has uh, sealed another historic victory. So, I mean, and are they going to win it all? I think they're going to win the Champions League. Are they they're right? definitely the, the, the <laughs> they are <laughs> the best team in Scandinavia right now, aren't they? <laughs> best team in Europe. And yeah, Frederiksberg, the top scorer in the Champions League at the moment. So, I mean, they're going to win this the This is a season for the ages. This is, we were <laughs> talking about like this podcast, we're like uh, so big into like, oh, wow, like, you know, the Conference League is where it's at. Uh-uh. Now is the time to think. It's the Champions League this season. For but, until it, we get into the the knockout rounds, yeah. and then you'll have you know your classic, you know villains always. Yeah, the annual. Yeah, exactly. Bar PSG, we're gonna get knocked out and probably relegated <laughs> uh, because they're not gonna play any players and they're gonna have to oh, yeah. forfeit every match. <laughs> no, <that's a> <laughs> we'll get that at a later date. <laughs> yeah, not today. Not for today, because there's it's much a whole more. episode in itself. <laughs> Uh, but elsewhere, I think another interesting result worth mentioning was uh, Servette beating Genk on penalties as well. And that was the 10 men of Servette because it was, uh, what, well, it was level from the first leg. I think it was nil-nil. Um, and then in the third minute, Servette got a red card. Uh, Genk took the lead before the half-hour mark, but Servette quickly equalized. Genk retook the lead early in the second half and Servette equalized just after the hour mark. And then they held on for full time through the half an hour of extra time, took it to penalties and won it there. So a massive, massive result for them. That obviously also seals a spot in a European group stage for them. Uh, but they are down currently in their first uh, leg of the third qualifying round of the Champions League. They lost 2-1 to Rangers in Glasgow in honestly a match that could have been much, much worse for them. They got off to a terrible start. Could easily have conceded three or four in the first half, but not only did they just concede two, they also got an absolute lifeline of a penalty before halftime to make it to one. And then in the second half, they had they got a red card like around the hour mark, but they managed to hold on without conceding. So all in all, I think a pretty good result for them given the circumstances. And I suppose they'll they'll look to turn it around in Geneva next week. So that'll be one to watch. But speaking of Swiss sides, there's bad news certainly for FC Basel, who have been knocked out of Europe uh, and knocked out in, I mean, rather disappointing fashion. So obviously they were in the Europa Conference League playoffs, so living dangerously. And uh, they went to Kazakhstan needing to overturn a deficit against Tobol after losing 3 1 in the first leg due to a red card or two. And they did win this match 2 1. But obviously, that was not enough. So, they lost 4-3 on aggregate. 
and so was Tobol who progressed. Uh, they are also up uh, from their first leg against Derry City 1-0. So it was honestly a winnable tie for Basel in both cases, but not to be for them. But elsewhere, some some big results. Uh, Santa Coloma, the Andorran side, uh, beat Suteska to advance to the third round. So a massive result for Andorran football. Uh, sadly, their reward was, I believe, a tie against uh, AZ. So it's not looking good for them. They're 1-0 down only in the first leg, but highly unlikely that they'll turn it around. Uh, elsewhere, we had uh, Patrick Kluivert, who is now a manager, believe it or not. He's in charge of Adana Demirspor, and he got his first win for them uh, against uh, Jeffrey Kluj, uh, a stoppage time winner too it was, yeah, when they were down to 10. So it was not a good situation for them, but they managed to get through and that's put them in a good spot because not only did they beat Cluj uh, there, they've since put five past Osiak uh, in the third round first leg. So they're 5-1 up there, uh, which means they'll almost definitely be heading to the playoffs of the Europa Conference League. Uh, elsewhere, some late drama we had with uh, Victoria Pilgen, who scored uh, a winning goal in the 23rd minute of stoppage time uh, from the penalty spot at that to bid Drita. Uh, I'm not sure what exactly happened there, but I'm assuming there was a very, very long delay for some reason. Uh, perhaps either uh, some technical issues with the stadium. I think a floodlight is usually the classic reason for such long delays. And of course, VAR checks, injury, some, some of that stuff. So, But on, on the score sheet, it looks crazy to have a 23rd minute winner and uh, mind you after Drita equalized in what was technically stoppage time so a fair bit of late drama there and also a fair bit of late drama for Riga FC who equalized in their tie in the fifth minute of stoppage time at the end of the the regular 90 minutes uh, and then won it in stoppage time at the end of extra time sadly they've been rewarded with a tie against FC 20 so I think that looks to be the end of uh, their European campaign, but good, good late drama for them as well. Right, let's quickly move on now to a couple of other matches elsewhere. Over in the Netherlands, uh, PSV won the Super Cup against Feyenoord in what was Peter Bosch's first match in charge and looked pretty good as well, so they should be one to watch this season. In Austria, uh, Gerhard Struber took charge of Erbe Salzburg as we spoke last week, a questionable appointment, but they did win uh, their first match uh, after the, the new manager came in at least. So uh, let's see how it goes for them. That was, I think, against uh, was it against Tyrol. So not the toughest of tests, certainly. I suppose uh, Austria Wien this weekend might be a more interesting one to watch uh, for, the, for them. And let's quickly also head over now to North America, where the League's Cup is continuing to provide some excellent, excellent drama, uh, if nothing more. Uh, we had an incredible penalty shootout between Akru America and Nashville SC. Uh, that is after a pretty dramatic end to the match as well. So, Akru America equalized in the 70th minute, scored what they probably assumed was the winner in the fourth minute of stoppage time from the penalty spot, then conceded an equalizer in the ninth minute of stoppage time to take the game to penalties. And then in the shootout, I think at maybe what was the fifth kick for both sides, they were level. So America scored theirs. Nashville's effort was saved. So everyone went celebrating. Obviously, all the America players and stuff. 
And then I think about seven or eight minutes later, uh, the referee said that the goalkeeper had encroached and come off his line to make that save, which obviously invalidated it. And so it was retaken. Uh, the player scored. And then a couple of shots later, uh, America missed one. And so it was Nashville who advanced uh, in a very, very dramatic penalty shootout over there. So that's the League's Cup uh, continuing. I think we'll be having the quarterfinals soon enough. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. We also had the Central American Cup kickoff in its first ever edition. It's basically a tournament with champions, mostly champions from Central American nations, obviously a couple with multiple spots uh, and is a trophy, but more importantly, serves as a qualifying tournament for the CONCACAF Champions League or the CONCACAF Champions Cup or whatever they've renamed it. But it's, it's essentially that. So uh, that's that's the one to watch there. Uh, and let's go quickly downstairs to South America, where we had a couple of big results with Olympia uh, in o- over the last week. First, they beat Guarani for their first win of the Clausura this season. So that's obviously the Paraguayan Clásico as well. And quite a big match ended 5-3, I believe. So entertaining as well. And then more importantly, uh, just I think just yesterday... Olympia beat Flamengo 3-1 in the round of 16 of the Libertadores, 3-2 on aggregate, and therefore knocked out the defending champions. Uh, so a massive result there. A big loss, of course, for Flamengo. And there's certainly questions now over uh, George Sampaoli and whether he'll keep his job. But a massive, massive result there. Uh, in fact, we had both of last season's finalists, as well as you know major contenders River Plate, knocked out uh, in the round of 16 in the Libertadores this season. And meanwhile, we've got Olympia of Paraguay, Bolivar of Bolivia, and first-time competitors Deportivo Pereira of Colombia, all in the quarterfinals. So I think it's a fantastic addition of the Libertadores this time around. And it should be fun to watch the last eight as they progress. So definitely worth keeping an eye on there. Uh, Let's lastly head over quickly to... Uh, Africa, where we had the South African uh, Premier Soccer League or Premiership kick off for the new season. And that's always going to be exciting to watch, especially with uh, Mamelodi Sundowns doing all sorts of interesting stuff. Uh, but up over in Egypt, El Ali are uh, chasing a treble, as we've previously discussed, having won the league and uh, the CAF Champions League. All that's left is the cup. And they were very, very nearly... Knocked out of it in, what was it, the round of 16 or the quarterfinals. But they have survived by the skin of their teeth. They were taking on El Masri in, indeed, what was the quarterfinal. They conceded, it was nil-nil uh, at the end of 90. They conceded in the fifth minute of stoppage time. And only equalized in the tenth minute of stoppage time with a penalty. To take the game to extra time. And they managed to win it there. So, a massive scare there that they got away with. And I think they'll be going up against uh, NPPI in the semi-final. So let's see if they can do it now. They're a couple of matches away from the treble there. Uh, and finally, let's go over to Asia, where the Persian Gulf Pro League was due to start last week. But because of a severe heat wave, it was postponed. But it has eventually started now. I think Persepolis, among others, getting off to a winning start. Over in Uzbekistan, we had a massive result in the cup where Pakhtakor, the 
defending champions and I think the league champions as well were knocked out by second tier Dinamo Samarkand, uh, 3-2 in an exciting match there. So a big result over there. And over in South Korea, we had Suwon FC win the Suwon Derby to put some space between themselves and the Su- Suwon Blue Wings who are second from bottom now. Uh, so they have climbed out of bottom spot but still involved in that relegation battle. Right, that is all for the matches we have. Let's quickly now head on to some transfers. And the first one is definitely one which completely caught me off guard. Uh, Bafetimbi Gomez, Gomez rather, has moved to Kawasaki Frontale. And I don't think anyone could have seen that coming. I, I... I love him as a player and was like, I saw that come across my timeline. I was like, nah, like that has to be fake, but it was real. It came from the official account. So he's, he's just a great, like fun scorer and has, and has been killing it, you know, outside of the, you know, main European leagues, I guess we could say for, for a while now after killing at Marseille for a little bit too. Yeah. I look at his career. Started at Saint-Étienne, Lyon, Swansea, Marseille, uh, Galatasaray, four years at El Hilal, back to Galatasaray for a seat for just over a year, and now he'll be off to Kawasaki Frontale, 38 years old, but still going strong. I mean, yeah. it's super interesting, especially from Kawasaki's point of view. Uh, but uh, well, le- le- let's see how they go. They could certainly use some goals. Yeah, he's uh, he's proven he can defense. score a lot in Asia. So yeah, I think that I think that it's a good move. I mean, you can say, you know, he's 38, but I mean, you could have him stay up top for most of the game and then he'll score you two goals. Certainly could get a year or two out of him. So that should be fun and definitely worth keeping an eye on. Uh, but a couple of uh, younger players making some interesting move. moves. Uh, Dennis Undaf loaned to Stuttgart, I think, with an option to buy from Brighton. So clearly it doesn't seem to have worked out for him there, but... As we saw in the Pro League with uh, Union Saint-Gilles, supremely talented goal scorer, goal scorer rather. So, uh, I mean, I hope it works for him in the Bundesliga because uh, I'd lo- I mean, I'd love to see him get regular game time to start with. So, should be fun move that. Uh, another fun move would be Artem Dobrik to Girona. He's left FC Denny Pro 1 and of course Girona looking for a striker uh, because uh, they lost Tati Castellanos. And I think Dobvik is as good a replacement as you're going to find. His record for Dnipro 1 is something around 54 goals in under 100 matches. So, you know, over a goal every two games. And he's a really, really well-rounded striker as well. You know, not just um, just bringing in goals, but some really good link-up play, uh, off-ball runs and stuff. So, he should be a, a, a fun striker to watch in La Liga. And another fun player would be Adama Bojang going to Ras. He, of course, stood out for uh, the Gambia at the Under-20 World Cup. And, I mean, obviously, probably won't immediately make an impact. But, you know, in the next few years, uh, should come through at Ras. And, I mean, they've made some brilliant, brilliant moves. Uh, this window, they just recently signed Keita Nakamura and Terry Toyma earlier. I mean, they're going to be such a fun team to watch this season. I'm... I think they're in for Modarami as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, Ras this season are most definitely going to be a team to watch. They were linked with Ernst Nuam of North Zealand as well. I don't think that's going to go through if Darami does join, but Ras, man, 
planning their my team towards in league definitely they're going to be a lot of fun and i think lastly we'll uh, we'll wrap it up our transfers with alex scott joining bournemouth after a brilliant brilliant season uh, in the championship uh, with uh, bristol city he's now moving up to the premier league and of course we'll work with andoni iraola uh, with an ex- at an exciting bournemouth project i think maybe we'll I'll speak about that in a bit because now we're going to be doing some very quick predictions for a few of the top leagues across the world mainly across Europe rather uh, as of course we look ahead to the new season getting underway in most places uh, so basically it's going to be as i say just one prediction something interesting hopefully you know not not boring or obvious stuff maybe a hot take or maybe at least something that you wouldn't expect so let's start with the premier league ben do you want to get us underway yes i love vincent company i have written a lot of articles about him i love his tactics and i think they're going to finish upper mid table burnley G- give me That's a position 10 okay wow i i don't think they're going to be in any sort of push for like qualification for anything but i think they're going to be at the very i would think at the very top of the group that's right behind the you know mass of probably nine teams that are all vying for the top seven spots of qualification i'm i'm thinking it's gonna be nine teams there yeah i think they're number 10 then i think they're the best of the rest because of company and i think that people i would I don't want to be proven wrong, but I want to prove people wrong with company because I hate that he's probably just going to stay at Burnley until Pep leaves and he'll be at City, but I think that he's one of the the top up-and-coming managers. So that's my pick. What's yours? I'll I'll give a 10 spot as well. I'll say Bournemouth will go mm, so good. 10th because, as I said, they've got Iraola. If there's one thing Iraola does is he overachieves with lower-table squads. I mean, he's done that season after season at Raya I mean, look at their transfers. Uh, of course, Alex oh Scott, I mentioned. Uh, Milos Kerkesh, really exciting young uh, left back. Uh, they signed Dango Watara, of course, that was a bit earlier uh, in what January. But uh, Roman Febvre, although I think they loaned him back to Lorient, so I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, Hamet Traor has been made permanent, so another great move there. Uh, Houston Clivert is an interesting one. You know, he's, I mean, he was really highly rated, but he never really got going. So, yeah, I don't know, but uh, I mean, if someone can get something out of him, it's probably going to be Iraola. Max Adams as well, just recently, uh, after I think he was going to Leeds and then he apparently walked out of a medical or something. So, quite some drama there. But, I mean, they're looking super exciting. And I'm, I mean, obviously, you know, Iraola does play a unique style, a really intense style. So, it, you know, maybe the players, don't get used to it immediately, but I think if it works out, top ten finish. As you say, there's nine teams really, uh, in in the race for Europe. The traditional big six plus what Newcastle, Brighton, and Villa. So I think Bournemouth. I mean, you know, most people are expecting them to be in the relegation battle. I think they'll definitely be well clear of it, and maybe even get a top half finish. So yeah, they've had a phenomenal window. I I would say definitely the best window of all the teams outside of that. Yeah, top nine thing, and even potentially better than some of them. So yeah, it's brilliant, brilliant stuff. So that is that. All right, let's now go on to La Liga. What have you got for us uh, in La Liga? Not to be boring, but very similar to the Premier League. I think 
and newly promoted side are going to be probably like solidly mid-table Las Palmas. Ooh, I think, yeah. and the like reason that. for that is their midfield. So their tactics are very good. The yeah. Segunda Division is just so quality. La Liga is so quality, but so is Segunda. Absolutely. Their midfield is just dirty. So they have <laughs> Enzo Lodice, who's who's just really, there's a class midfielder. Um, uh, they've also got Jonathan Vieira. The two of them together were just so dangerous last season. And then Alber- Alberto Moliero is a young guy too who is one of my favorite players in the second division last season as well as Enzo. The three of them all together, I think, really just make a, a good, solid midfield that offers a lot of variation. And then I'm interested to see Munir. They signed him on a, on a free, Ooh, I think. They did. Um, and so that will just be fun to see because I like him for the past. You know, he was one of the players that only FIFA 14 or whatever I got attached <laughs> to, so I just always like him now. But I think that they just have a really solid team. I think they have solid tactics that will, with the strength of their, the possible strength of their midfield, I should say, in La Liga, I think could propel them from, I mean, you, you look at Cadiz, who are just good at staying in that's I think that they're better. Yeah. Cadiz yeah. are really great at staying in the league and just like surviving. But I think that they're not going to be in that, you know, like Cadiz is like, we have to beat Real Madrid once to, to stay. <laughs> and then they end up beating Real Madrid and Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. But I think the Las Palmas are just better than most of those teams below them. And so they're going to be probably up, I want to say like 10th, like Burnley, but maybe 14th, somewhere in that range, but without like the threat of a drop. Not a relegation scrap, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I get that's it. my okay. call it's definitely I'll, out there but i i do like them interesting i'll go and i'll go reverse bournemouth i'll go right why cannot to get relegated um because obviously reverse bournemouth <laughs> yeah i mean obviously losing it all is a big thing in terms of i think transfers out uh i don't know how much they've lost obviously they lost uh oh god i forgot his name who, who did they lose to real madrid i mean they lost uh forward um anyway they lost one major uh, Fran Garcia. yeah Fran Garcia. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah that's one but i think and they've lost comisana left on free mm. yep sandy comisana and alejandro catena also left yeah but like on the whole they've still got rdt they've got isi palazon they've yep. got they've got Trejo, most of their players Palacis, they've just lost but they've just lost i think the person who is the key yeah. And they replaced him with Francisco Rodriguez, who's previously been at LJ last season, and that did not end very well, as we know. Girona, Huesca, Cordoba, Hugo. I mean, in all honesty, I do not know much about this guy. I obviously watched his LJ last season, which was not very good. Uh, but I think just losing Iraola is a massive blow. And, you know, with all the stuff obviously going on in the background there with the owner and all that nonsense, uh, I don't think they're going to be able to stay up. So well, that's, you said that, that Iriola, one of his big strengths is overperforming with like lower mid table sides. Yeah. Right. And so going back to like Burnley, that's a company. One of his big things is like, we have a team on paper that should finish X. Now we're, I'm going to make them finish X plus five or seven or in Burnley's case, make them just completely run through the championship beyond what people expected. And partially maybe that was because people didn't know company, but Anderlecht, he left Anderlecht. And it yeah. and now they're solidly mid table again, where they were before he really came into his own. So Iriola is the same thing. So if he leaves, yeah, yeah, that that is a huge. It's a big call. It's a big call. Maybe they'll pay him a lot of money to bring Iriola back, and he'll yeah. get him promoted from Segunda and 
we'll be talking about them being have a solid midfield next year. <laughs> oh, well, we'll see. But let's now head on to Serie A. What have you got from Italy? I have something very interesting that I don't think will happen, but in my mind, Say it does again. happen. I, yeah, Frozenone. Yeah, Fro- so Frozenone, Cagliari, mm. and Genoa okay. are all going to stay up. Ooh. I'm calling all three newly promoted sides are going to stay up. Frozenone were some wild team last season, <laughs> right? Just fun. They could score a lot. They didn't concede a lot. They were just good. Going up to Serie A is going to be huge, but I think that they've got a lot about them. I don't think they lost too many like key pieces. Uh, Cagliari, I just think they have what it takes to stay up, and they know that they don't want to go down again because they've been up for so long in Serie A, and they finally went down. They came back up at the first asking last season. Uh, Genoa, I think, just are better, are maybe better than like Salernitana and maybe better than uh, Hellas Verona. Lecce is another one I think might go down because I just have questions about them. How do they do a second season? In, in Serie A, especially with Yulman's gone, right? So I, I think it's difficult. There, there's like six or six, about six teams, basically the, the three that weren't relegated last season that were close, and then three coming up. I think those are within those six. The three, three of them are going down. But I went down if the three that came up stay up because they all seem to have had decent enough windows while being really solid teams in this in the second division last season in Serie B. That's that interesting shout. Uh, maybe I'll go closer to the top of the table. I'll say Udinese will put together... Uh, I'm not going to say they're going to finish in the European spots, but I'll say they'll at least challenge for them. I thought you were about to say Champions League for some reason. I was going to be like, Neil, why? <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that, I think that would be a little bit too far. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, They've I, I... got a lot about them, so... Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, I found them really interesting... Uh, to watch last season, especially in possession, you know, some of their tactics super, super interesting. Uh, they've obviously, I think they had a fair few incomings from Watford uh, because of the links uh, and they haven't, I mean, they did lose uh, Rodrigo Bicao, I think, to Fenerbahce maybe. Yeah. But apart from him, they didn't really lose any big players. Uh, I guess 12 guy Arslan probably won. He went to Melbourne though, so, you know, end of his contract and everything. But on the whole, it's basically, you know, all the same pieces. They added Lorenzo Luca, which I'm quite excited to see how that goes. Uh, so, you know, I think they... Where did they finish last season? They were, again, obviously... Like 12th? Uh, lower mid? Oh, they were lower mid? Uh, yeah. yeah, they were 12th, yeah, fair. But, I, I mean, they were, you know, there or thereabouts at times. So, I think if they can get, get their act together, you know, maybe top half, I'd say, at least. And they definitely can do top respect. Yeah, that's a good one. Let's see how that goes. All right, let us head on now to the Bundesliga. Right, Ben, what do you think is going to go down in Germany uh, this year? Mainz are finally going to qualify for Europe. Wow. Is my call. I think Bo Svensson is finally going to make it, make it all click. They didn't. I don't think they lost a ton or gained a ton. I think that they're pretty constant from last season, if I remember, and. I just have high hopes for both sense as a coach. And also you think of the, the coaches that have been at Mainz recently for like a long time. Yeah. Do you remember who they are? A uh, Jurgen Klopp, Klopp and you know, uh, uh, Tuchel. Yeah. Almost that Jurgen Tuchel. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Thomas Klopp and Jurgen Tuchel. Um, but yeah, I think that 
he finally is going to make it happen for them. They, they've been out for what, seven years now, I think something like that out of Europe. I think they're going to come crawling back, maybe finish seventh. but because there's a big group, there's a big group, like so it's going to be Bayern and it's going to be a yeah. pretty decent group vying for probably four. Yeah. And then you're going to have probably a group of like another four or five going for two or three other spots. I think that they're near the bottom of that, but I think that they can finally, hopefully finally, like, they're going to beat Bayern in Mainz in April. I can guarantee always, you that because it happens every single season. Um, <laughs> And then that will probably be what qualifies them for <laughs> Europa League, maybe. Well, well, that's a fun one. Let's see if that happens. You know, I, 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 I wanted to go full hot take on this one. And if we recorded this yesterday, I would have. But oh. after they came to Bayern news, I think they're still going to get the title. But yeah, maybe yeah. without Kane, I would have said Bayern Leverkusen put together a serious title charge. I could and, totally see that. I think I can still say that. I mean, yeah, they probably won't win it because obviously Bayern will. But I'm going to say at least a top three finish because I am not convinced about, I mean, last season, Dortmund, you know. I mean, after Did everything that happened, yeah. I, I don't know how they're going to sort of bounce back. Uh, they're not a solid number two, which yeah. is what you'd expect a couple of years Very ago. Least. Yeah, and yeah, uh, Leipzig, I think will I think they'll probably get second actually because they were they looked fairly stable under Rose towards the end of the season. But then again, they did with Tedesco, and then at the start of the season it all fell apart. But I mean they've done some really cool transfers. Uh, what Openda, Carvalho, Sheshko coming in, uh, Xavi Simons. Uh, yeah, Chesco uh, and Simons both are going to be. Yeah. I mean, those are those are top notch Bundesliga players. That yeah, so it's it, especially up front. So I think they've got second. But I think Leverkusen can at least do third because they have done some very fun transfers. Let me tell you, uh, Victor Boniface uh, of Union Saint Gilles coming in, uh, Alejandro Grimaldo coming in to sort out the left flank, which I thought was a big weakness. Not necessarily weakness, but like. A sort of a stopping point for them last season because obviously they were so good down that right but I think Bakker didn't provide the same sort of threat on the left so I think Alex Grimaldo coming in is a big one uh, Granit Xhaka as well showing up that midfield and really oh, that's the, right the only Jacques player they lost the main player they lost was Musa Diaby and they've replaced him with Jonas Hoffman which isn't exactly a like for like but I think that'll be interesting as well to see how he works with uh, Jeremy Fringpong on the right. So I think you know they look they look quite good last season, uh, and I think they can. I think their underlying numbers were I think top four level. Uh, I think they can kick on to at least third maybe uh, this season. So let's see how it goes. But that could be fun. Right. Let's now go to France, to Ligue. Ah, what have you got for us from the land of the Uber Eats, Ben? Uh, yeah, get some good food. So I think it's PSG, I hate to say it, but are probably going to win it. Um, oh, how is it but I do think that right behind them, and by right behind them, I mean right behind them, are going to be a big group that includes Nice. I think that Nice might yes. even be able to finish second. And the reason I say that, I think you know. Francesco Farioli. He is gold. And and, and they're just a, de- they're, they're a decent side too. It's not like they're super bad or whatever i just think that he is going to be able to take them from what mid-table last season yeah to the green pastures of possibly a title race however 
inside of that title race is going to be, you know, Marseille, Lawn, Ren. I mean, it's going to be, I, I think PSG have more about them, but like with Messi gone, with Neymar gone, with Mbappe, what, like, Apparently on the sidelines. U19s or something? Like, <laughs> I mean, they're literally going to likely shift out their, their front three. How does PSG, a notably unstable club, completely change their three best players and have even more churn and still like I still think they win it because it's PSG. Yeah. Um it's too much but the, hey who who we could have said that when when we won. Yeah. True. So maybe we have another you know new winner but I do think PSG win it there's gonna be a big group of, of teams right behind there and Nice might even be at the top of that just from a tactical point of view because he really is I think in Ligon as well, with how competitive it can be, I think he really can, those those small results that you need, just a loss into a draw, a draw into a win, you do that three or four times a season, and boom, you're automatically above everyone else. So, yeah, he's that, good. That's a nice shot. I'll, I'll definitely I'm excited for Nice this season. But you mentioned Marseille in that group of teams. My take is Marseille will not qualify for the Champions League or Europa no. League, most definitely. I'm even going to go and say they will not qualify for Europe. And the reason behind that... Not for Europe? Nice. No, they are out of Europe. The reason behind Expand. that is... Expand. Because I watched a grand total of one of their match matches, which was the Champions League qualifier uh, against Panathinaikos. Uh, and man, they were bad. So, obviously, we're used <laughs> to some pretty fun stuff from them. You know, Sampaoli, Tudor... And now they've got Marcelino, who uh, will put a 4-4-2 sort of mid-block, no pressing. He's just happy to let them have the ball. And then when they had the ball, it looked completely aimless. Like, we had all those cool goalkeeper chains and stuff with uh, Sampaoli and Tudor. Obviously, no oh, track. you're right. You're but right. even even there's nothing, no structure. Like, you know, Pass and Icos have a very simple 4-4-2 press where they're just, go, you know, sort of, the strikers are making curved runs to put the ball to the flank and then they're pressing there. And Marseille do nothing. Like, every time it goes to the fullback and it goes long and then they lose the ball and then we go again. Yeah, and so, it's such a big change from what they've had in the past. Yeah, it's it's a big drop that's a good, off. That's a good shout. That's and a good shout. As you say, the, the group is always so tight. So, you know, you you lose maybe five, seven points and you're, you can go from Champions League to out of Europe. So, that's why I think they're going to be out of Europe, but oh, well, let's see how it goes. Uh, let's now head on then to Portugal. What have you got for the Primera Liga, Ben? Sporting are probably going to put up a mid-ish season title run, like to be included in the discussion. I don't think they will win it. I don't foresee them winning it at all this season. I see them also probably finishing six, seven points away from the title, but I think that Another season with Emerim. Or is he still there? Who? No, did he leave? Did I miss this? Wait, I would who? not change that. Wait, who do you Manager. Say? Manager. Uh Emerim. Ruben Emerim. Oh, Emerim. Oh yeah, he's there. He's there. I yeah, okay. Sorry you put a face and I was like, oh my no, god. Because like, I, I heard Emery. I'm like, this guy oh, never no, in Portugal. No, no. <laughs> Here, let me go. Amari, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah with okay. Ruben Amarim, I think one more season of him. I think that they can put up a fight. I don't think they're going to win it. 
I think it's way too hard for them to win it. But I, because what were they fourth last season? Was it Braga ahead of them? Yeah. But I think that they're going to finish, you know, in the the sporting spot again, which is third. Uh, <laughs> but I think that they're going to do a little bit better than they have done. So maybe not a big call, but that's that's what I I see is that just again you continue the development of a very up and coming manager season after season after season. The improvement a manager makes can really improve the team by quite a bit until he ends up leaving and then they yeah, yeah, finish fifth again. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go Braga second. Um, oh. Because I think, so the, again, they've done some fun stuff in the transfer window. In terms of losses, I think the big one was Yuri Medeiros. And maybe you can include Jay Carlos, uh, Jotigo Gomes on loan. So, I mean, they didn't use him much last season. Mario Gonzalez, again, uh, not exactly the first choice. And they've brought in some cool players. Uh, Joni Lopes from Sevilla. At the back, they've got experience in Jose Fonch. Uh, from Lille, Rodrigo Salazar from Schalke, Bruma from Fenerbahce, Victor Gomez, uh, right back from Espanyol. So some some decent stuff there. And they were pretty good last season. Uh, what did they finish? Uh, third? And I think yeah, they, they were third. Kick on to second because I don't think... Who's going to drop out then? I think I'm going to say Porto going to drop out. Okay. I know they they always, you know, don't always look that convincing. And then they, they look good, and especially like after October. But yeah, I I just, I'm not very convinced by Porto. So I think there's always, there's usually room for one really well put together and run team to get second. Yeah. To be honest, so it's, yeah, either Porto, Benfica, not having the best of times, so yeah, yeah, they, they, they exactly, and they're always they're not best of times means that they're gonna finish second or third, <laughs> yeah, so so I can see that, yeah, interesting, right? Let's go on to the Netherlands, Eredivisie. What's your prediction there? I I'm gonna caveat this with I really want to learn a lot more about the Eredivisie this season, but I don't know a ton. What I do know is that given what we've talked about, I think on this podcast, the two of us as well with Ajax, mm. they won't, they won't put up another title fight. I don't think that they've made, it's not looking good. I mean, they're losing Tadic. Do you know why he left though? Yeah. And, and the reason why he left is that this team isn't good enough. So not only did they lose like everyone else, like, you know, their star, they also, their star left. Cause he's like, well, you're bad. This team isn't good enough. And so you can't, and they haven't replaced him. They haven't, done enough since then so he leaves any major transfers i think in i know coming who do you look branko van den boomen uh, he's the, great but is name. he that's it yeah like others it's like uh, do they have from roma four, kid, Carlos Bordes, they have four 19 year olds that are going to come up yeah, yes <laughs> but one of them might be pretty good do they have 50 19 year olds who come up yes but it, they're gonna need to rely on them because from what they had last season and then losing Tadich, yes getting you know a really good midfielder but i just don't think there's enough especially yeah, since he left Al- they Alvarez, were gonna get bassi timber yeah. and there's no replacement because I mean, they lose their they lose like a third of their team every season yeah and they need to be able to replace those either with wow, this young kid that played, you know, 500 minutes last season is going to play, you know, 1,500, 2,000. And I just don't know if there's enough there. And they were going for Zakarian uh, out of Russia, but then they they, they said no because they don't yeah. want to deal with giving, you know, yeah. money to Russia. Yeah. With, which I understand he would have been 
I would have like, okay, maybe they can because he's he's something else. Yeah. But they didn't pull the trigger on that. And it's like their star player leaves for one reason. The reason is, yep, you guys are bad, <laughs> and they haven't done anything since he left. So I, I don't think they can. So what would that be? I mean, PSV Feyenoord, Azed probably. Yeah, ahead of them. Top three. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I'm going to go. Well, I am. All right. I'll I'll do it. This is probably going to go badly wrong and I'm going to look like a fool. Ah, you're fine. That's all my life. PSV title. I'm going to say it's happening. Because. Look, it's I don't know enough to say you're right or wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched a couple matches. All right. It's Peter Bosch. Um... It's always fun attacking stuff. The defense is never really good with Bosch. But from what I saw in those two matches, he's basically not changed much from how they were playing under Van Nistelrooy before in terms of basic structures and shapes. So I think they'll be fine defensively. Against fine, or at least they look quite solid. Uh, and going forward... They're going to be a lot of fun, not just because of Bosch, but also because of all the players they have. I mean, you look look at their squad, look at their attack. They had they added Noah Lang to an attack which already had Johan Bakayoko. Uh, Luke De Jong up front is going to get you goals. You have a Tessin uh, after a good season at or half season at Union San Gilles. And there's this kid, uh, Isak Babadi, coming up who's already scored after two matches. Uh, I think just 18 years old. And he's looked really good in midfield. So they look exciting. Obviously, they've still somehow got Ibrahim Sangare, which I don't understand, but very good for them. Uh, and in in the in the defense, they haven't really lost, suffered any major losses. Uh, it's it's not the strongest area of the squad, certainly, but I think they can basically outscore everyone in the league. And it's gonna be between them and Feyenoord, as you say, Ajax are gone. So uh, if if I had to make a safe prediction, I'd say PSV second. But while I'm going for it, might as well say PSV. That's what this podcast is for. And then yeah. we can come back and we can snip some audio out of this here in <laughs> seven months. And you can be like, I don't think it'll happen, but it's going to happen. <laughs> and watch Ozzy again win the title. So <laughs> we all look like fools. Yeah. Well, there we go. Let's head on now to Belgium. What's your pro league prediction, Ben? I don't think this is too far out there. I just think this is something that just. Hasn't happened yet. Uh, Union Saint Gilles will finally win. Ooh, I'm calling that because, because they have been a they have been a blessing team for the past like three seasons without blessing as the manager. Yeah. So they have already shown the past couple seasons that they can and will finish in like the very 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 top. They have been very close and they just haven't been able to finish it. But I think that his style is a little bit and with how he has proven in Belgium that he can single-handedly make some players better, but mainly the team perform at a very high level with his pressing football. I think that they can harass a lot of different teams to just lock down some results. I mean, that's that's an interesting one because they have, I mean, they do it every window, but especially this window, they have suffered some big losses. They have suffered a lot of stuff. The Bonfast... Yeah, Van der Heeren, Kandus, uh, Toima, uh, yeah. and just in the last two two days, I think uh, Senel Lennon going and Bart Newcoop as well. So they've lost half their lineup basically. Oh, that, that's right. Yeah, I I still think from what you've seen, I mean, you know, but yeah, I mean, they have from died. what from what 
Like I've Alex, seen early on yeah. at least. They yeah. I, I'm it's it's it, it's a tough one, but I think Bonifaz is a huge miss, this. but it but he doesn't necessarily need to score. He doesn't need I don't think that a blessing side in USG needs to have like a goal score win like yeah. you know the top goal score. That's the thing is that I don't think they need someone that's like going to score more right. than anyone else in the league. Yeah. What they do is they're gonna be able to win the ball back, force a ton of mistakes, go fast, be buzzing around like a bee, be a complete nuisance to everybody while being re- actually relatively strong at the back as well for his yeah. teams. Not that I'm an expert on their defensive line. I'm not. Um, but the, his team do seem to be able to, in Belgium, I should say, in yeah. Belgium, be really good at messing with the opposition. And you saw that both in the, in the in both of the first two games, I think. They're just good at harassing the opponent to an extent that they don't necessarily need to score two, three, four more than their opponents. They just need to score one more. And I think they can do that. But yeah, they have had, I mean, Bonifaz's big one, Teddy Tuma, is good. He's a huge loss yeah, as well. Massive. He's been so good for them for since they were in the second year. Yeah. So he's in what an institution. He's part of the furniture. That's what they call it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna go for a risky one. Because honestly, I'm not fully convinced about this. But again, let's let's just do it. I'm gonna say obviously Club Brugge didn't win the title last season. I'm gonna say Club Brugge will not be in the championship playoff. Uh not even the top six? No, no. Top wait, it's top six this season? It's top six now. Okay, okay. Oh, so you're gonna think they're maybe fifth uh, or sixth then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why did they change that again? Oh wait, wait, hold they on, went, right? They, they made went down the to whole teams. table. Uh-huh. Okay, so so now everyone plays top six after is... the all right. It's top six championship playoff, uh, to twelve European playoff, and bottom four relegation playoff. So no one waits around at the end of the season. Okay, no, nope. yeah, maybe that was too hard to take. Let's dial that down. Club okay, Brugge, okay. I, I'm not gonna finish in the top four, uh, which surely means yeah. that they don't get Europe, doesn't? Because uh, yeah, you get that would um fourth is the playoff have... spot against the yeah. European playoffs. So, yeah, Club Brugge out of Europe. I think that's decent. Uh, and the reason I say that is, uh, I'm pretty sure Antwerp, Union, and Genk are generally going to be better than them. Uh, my uh, The team I'm expecting to jump over them are Ghent, but that is yes. if Gift Orban stays. Yes, if he goes say, if Gift Orban stays, they're going to be in a title race just because yeah. he, he and Cowper's together yeah, such are, a good front are a title-winning you could have me and you supplying them, and, and <laughs> they'd still make it work. Still go invincible, like they—they're yeah. <laughs> really something, aren't they? Maybe but how, the thing is, though, I'm curious how now that he's back at Club Bruja, how um, Maxim de Kalper is going to be. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, because that he, he has the potential, I think, to really shoot them to a different level, like from the left side, both at like scoring, but also in, in and assisting. With his corners and then just enabling a lot more progression and everything. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is that he's going to be able to single-handedly move the play from one spot up to the final third. Yeah, And then they can let, you know, they have some of the best attackers in the league. Just let them cook once he moves it there. And he can be involved in the cooking. He's a good sous chef. (laughs) Absolutely. And yeah, I think that's why I think it's a risky one because... um, their squad is really talented, as you said. The Kuiper, Buchanan on the other flank in midfield, it's just quality, right? Hans Van Aken, Kasper Nelson, 
uh, Onyedika, also options. You've got Ritz, Hugo Vetlesen, and then up front, such talented attackers. Antonio Nusa, such a talent. Uh, Andres Kovalsen, uh, Feranjutkla, Kamal Soba, also Santiago Rodriguez. Yeah, I would just keep stars for, for yeah, sure. I would go through each team and spend four episodes on like each team, I swear. So it's, it's, it is a risky one, but it might just happen. So, right, that's that. And lastly, we're off to the Saudi Pro League. What is your Saudi Pro League prediction for the new season? The, the big call is what? that people that follow the league, I don't know if they're going to call it a big call, but if you listen to this and don't know anything, you'll probably think it is. Ronaldo's Al Nasser will finish third, I think. Because I think Al Ahad are going to defend the title. You just, yeah. they've added a lot and you don't mess with Nuno Espirito Santo in, in the pro league. He tactically got the better of literally every single team, at least once, if not twice last yeah. season. Uh, Al Halal, they're so good. Um, so on they're just paper, gonna... they're the best squad. Without yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I think Alan Sayer are going to, because Ronaldo can score a lot of goals, but like a third of them are going to be penalties and he makes it more difficult for his team to play and yeah i think it's i think that's the key you look at the transfer business uh that everyone else uh, certainly the big four sides did yeah. it's been pretty decent but there's honestly i'm slightly puzzled by it because they've obviously brought in Mane, so adding to the attack fair enough Fofana Brozovic, you know transform the midfield fair enough but they were alex tellis which is a really puzzling one to me because they already had conan yeah, who was the best? Who was the best fullback? Yeah, best fullback period. And yeah. that is isn't really that good. And I'm not sure he's better no. than Conan. He's so, not better than Conan. There's no so way. It's confusing. Conan. And the only way that I think it works is if they put one of them on the wrong side. Yeah, but I mean, which then does that actually work? It, yeah, you'd have to go five games to see. And I think that the the problem that I have is that Ronaldo does. They have a great midfield. Tolisca's in there, so yeah. I don't know what are they but gonna do. Mean, like. Yeah. Yeah, he's. I mean, Brozovic, Fofana, Taliska, four to three, one, probably, right? Yeah, uh, and I, Ronaldo wants to get on the ball a lot and do a lot of things, and he's going to be supplied by good people, but he's also going to take away a lot from. I would wager, possibly their star midfielder in, in terms of the league. Taliska is a known quality in the league, and we yeah. know that he's going to score a ton and assist a ton. He's going to be at even with these new transfers, be at the top of both goal scoring and assist charge. I think. Because Ronaldo's there and he's going to score a lot. Mine's there. He's going to score a lot. I think he gets a lot of assists. That's really the big thing is that I've been, since Ronaldo has played his first couple of games, I'm like, he's just, he is a, he's a liability at times to them. So yeah. that's my big call. Al Ali, I think are fourth because they have great players, but they were literally just in the second tier and it wasn't like they, they ran away with the second tier yeah. title. It did take them a little bit. And I just don't think they've added enough um, supporting cast to make them jump in the top three. I'd even say I could fin- I could see them finishing outside of the top four. So that might be my bigger call, but I yeah. do think that that they do have what it takes to be top four. Who do you put but ahead I of don't. them if that happens? I'm torn between Al-Tifak, Al-Fateh, and Al-Shabaab are one of the three. Oh, okay. Al-Fateh are a solid team. Interesting. That, yeah, those are my three that I'd say one of those three could finish above because Al Shabab have lost a little bit in there. They they've yeah. been the four, but they have lost a little bit. And the team what, who they didn't lose are obviously when you're older and you never know, especially coming up against better defenders. You know the the PIF teams have signed good defenders, yeah. so 
I don't think that, but yeah, maybe Ali is my finishing potentially outside the top four is my big call. But I I would say Alcacer is going to be yet again covered by Ronaldo. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you with your top three predictions. My mine was actually uh, a prediction to do with uh, Ali as well, but a slightly different one. I'm gonna say this is yeah, this is actually a very risky one if you think about it. But I'm gonna say in terms of total goals scored, like at both ends, uh, El Ali's tally will be the highest at the end of the season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they have a really exciting attack. Mares, Sar Maximan, Firmino. You know, we've spoken about it, where the goals can come from. But still, they have the quality to get those goals. And then defensively, they did make some signings. I think Ibanez just now. But then they have yeah, got Geisler as the manager, who I'm really curious to see. Because obviously, he comes from Red Bull, intense pressing, blah, blah, blah. Now he's going to go 45 degrees at the start of the season. I know. You can't do that. <laughs> so I don't know how he's going to set up stuff defensively. And in general, too, like... They don't have a lot of good defenders. Um, I think it's so, a good shout because they don't have a lot of good defenders and they haven't done a lot in midfield. Yeah. I'm what have they done in midfield? From Kessie, I think. Did they? Is that okay? So they have one defender, one midfield. Like, not they have one. They obviously have a supporting yeah, cast, but, but the supporting <laughs> cast is second division team players. Yeah, exactly. So at the end of the day. And then, because I think they lost a bit when they got relegated. Yeah. Um, and two years ago now. So, yeah. And I think I think that's, that's a really good point because the manager isn't used to managing in, in an environment where this is the most intense style of that we have in football right now. Yeah. And this is in the most extreme weather basically that the world has on a consistent basis. Yeah. I think that's, I, I still think they'll probably finish. We're both thinking Al Ali could finish outside top, top four. Potentially. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say four? they're going to finish fourth. Okay. But with a ton of goals scored and a ton yeah. of goals scored. Yeah, they're, 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 <laughs> they're going to be fun time. to watch. That, that's For what sure. I'm going to say. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that's your lot. That is all we have for today. That was fun. Uh, I think we'll keep this one in the archives definitely and maybe come back to it someday and look like two fools. But well, thanks for joining me, Ben. Thank <laughs> you very much for listening, of course. Uh, and we'll see you soon in the next episode. Take care until then. Goodbye.